This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, welcome to Forever Bristol City podcast. The final score at Ashton Gate this evening was Bristol City nil, Watford nil. So we uh, didn't swap the Hornets, but we uh, kept an unbeaten run going. 13 games gone, 24 points, seven wins, three draws, three uh, defeats. But it wasn't uh, pretty. Joining me uh, in the studio this evening for now is uh, Dave Febbs. Uh, Mark's going to be with us shortly, and I'm sure uh, Ian as well. But uh, Dave, um, before we get into the detail and and look at the team and selections and what have you, um, it a point I'd have settled for that before the game, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think you know, coming off the back of the international break and COVID and players not available and to lose your captain as well. Um, hopefully that's only short term. I thought we ground out a really gritty nil-nil tonight. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty, uh, but yeah, you take that every day of the week against a, a team like yeah. So yeah, really, really and they were, it? yeah. And they were a premiership team last season. And I think they had one player. Was it Saar? Did he cost them 40 million quid or something? Is that right? Or? Yeah, I think it was 27 million. And I think yeah. it was 15 million from his previous transfer. So yeah, 42 million pounds of the transfer. Goodness me. That's not bad for yeah. a championship player, is it? It's not really. No, definitely not. So, I mean, the big news pre-kickoff uh, was uh, uh, Thomas Callas out. The curse of injury starts again. Was that a surprise? Had you heard anything through your network that that was uh, going to be the case? Um, there were a couple of things going around over the last couple of days that Callas might be the one that Holden had been referring to as a, a as an injury. But I, I'd assumed on Saturday it was just a kind of, he was sat on his, on his haunches one at the end of the game and Bentley kind of gave him a lift up and I I thought that was just, you know, the emotion and tiredness of, you know, just kicking him. But yeah, he's got a got a tight calf, you know, I guess or tight quad, sorry, hasn't he? Um Yeah. And let's just hope it's a kind of precautionary kind of thing. Let's, you know, let's give him a rest. Um, see if he's okay for Saturday and take it from there. You know, there really is no point in trying to play people through injuries in this 
no it's only going to backfire on you so i think you made the right yeah. choice yeah Ian, Ian's just uh, joined us. Good evening, uh, Ian. Um, Callas being out, the curse of the Ashton Gate injury struck again. I think you, like Dave, said to me beforehand that it wasn't a great surprise, but he's got China legs as well, hasn't he? He can't seem to do more than 10 games without getting some sort of injury. Was that, you know, playing that young back three when they had the choice of uh, Mariapa, did that surprise you or does it just show how unfit Mariapa is? Because we didn't even name a full bench again this evening, did we? Honest answer. Well, the reason we can't um, name a full bench is because we haven't got enough players who've been in the bubble. And if we took players out of the under-23s, they're in a different bubble which is why you'll see Towler and Edwards there, and you'll probably see eight again, um, unless Callas is fit uh, for Saturday. But, I mean, Callas played for us against Derby, and um, he just played three, uh, two games for the Czech Republic. So, with the number of games that are being played, um, I think, you know, we, we need to rotate where we can. I don't like Tommy Rowe. At left centre back, I've got to be honest. Um, Taylor Moore has got ricks in him. Uh, yeah. Tries to over tries to overplay at times. I'm delighted, touch wood, uh, with Zach Viner, who I think is really turning into a player. Yeah, um, he looks like he's going to be the next one uh, going out through the door, doesn't he? Before, uh, yeah, probably inside the next eighteen months, maybe. Who knows? Um, I well, think. Are you with us now, Mark? Have you joined us in the uh, in the in yeah, the studio? I'm, I'm you have. With, I'm not. I'm not with the Woolwich. I'm with you. You're I'm not, with you. You're David. with. You're with me now. That's good. Um, the rotation came into play up front, Mark, with the uh, Wells and Martin stepping aside for the, I'll say, energetic and muscular Diju and Semenya. Was that a a surprise for you or pretty much expected uh, to, in, th- in the furtherance of rotation? Was, I think that was expected. And and again, and if he could improve his shooting, all the best stuff came through through Semenyo. I mean, yeah. there was that great, great run in the first half. Taylor, play, Taylor Moore played it out to the Silva, who came inside and then went outside to Jamie Patterson and he played it back to Semenyo. Had a couple of players in front of him. He could have just kept the ball down. It would have been in the top corner. Yeah. And in the second half. Yeah. You still there, Ian? Here we go again. Oh. <laughs> anyway, oh. you're still there, Ian. I don't know what happened to Mark. No, let's I'm go here, back I'm through here. the action. I mean, Mark, you're there. All right, yeah. let's go through Foster, the action. Foster just, just deflected it away. And then, he, of course, he curled that shot later on, just past the far post. And, and yeah, if he could just get his shooting right, we got some player. Yeah, I mean, Dave, I looked at the, uh, well, they were coming up on Sky, uh, their coverage, and uh, I think after 20 minutes, it was 77% possession for Watford. Uh, They'd done 141 passes against our 41. I mean, this really was with a lineup that we had, you know, weak in midfield, inexperienced at the back to a point. You know, it was to be expected against a side that, you know, are, well, were in the, the Premier League last season. But those stats you know, said a lot really, didn't they? Yeah, I, I think um, going into the game, it's quite interesting that obviously Holden had switched back to the, the 3-5-2 and that was probably in an attempt to match up Watford because they've been playing a back three every game this season and yet their manager, Ivic, has probably kind of called a bit of a double bluff because he's changed his formation to probably match up Holden's 4-3-3 and Holden's changed it. So, yeah, bluff, double bluff, treble bluff, whatever. I think in terms of the, the way the team's shaped up. But, yeah, you know, Watford are a, 
have got some good players. And I think if we if we learn anything from watching us against Derby is that whilst we're going through these Where is schedule of schedule of games, there is no point trying to play real heavy press. You're just gonna knacker yourselves out. And yeah. I think I think we'll see a lot of teams sitting in behind the ball and play. We didn't play well enough for, for the majority of the game today, but no. you can see that we still got a point. A and another yeah. day, another season, we probably would have let that go nil one. I mean, I've got the chances in the uh, first half, as uh, Mark alluded to a short while ago. City had that uh, first chance to Silva and Pato combining well. Semenyo lifting his shot uh, just over the top, and then there was a sort of flurry of chances for uh, for the visitors. Saar, who'd got three in his previous five, their first shot came when his shot was uh, blocked by Rowe. Keenan, Keenow, that Keenow sounds like a vegetarian food, doesn't it? He looped a <laughs> shot just over the top, and then another feature of the game, uh, Ian uh, Taylor Moore. You said he's got a rick in him. I got 21 minutes. He was muscled off the uh, ball and, you know, he was rescued that time by Silva. I mean, that, you know, he didn't have a great game tonight, Taylor Moore, did he? And I'm his biggest fan, but he, he was playing in the centre, so he wasn't out on the left. What did what did you think of uh, Taylor Moore's performance in the first half and indeed overall? Yeah, I think uh, he was he was part of our best attacking move when he brought the ball out of defence and slid it out to De Silva, uh, which led to Pato being played in, which went to Semenyo and he and he should have scored. And he had plenty of space, ten yards out. I've seen him score with his left foot before. Um, Semenyo's looking looking like one of those lads who's better off when he drifts wide, particularly out you know right or left, and cuts in. Um, or crosses the ball with his right. But then again, that leaves you a striker short in the middle. So, yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think Taylor Moore uh, tries to overplay at times and he gets, well, you saw, I mean, it's his fault we lost against Middlesbrough. No two two ways about it. I mean, yeah. it had been, okay, it had been only been a point, but it had been nil-nil if we hadn't because we were dreadful all around the team. But I just thought first half in particular, we were sloppy. There was too many times when we yeah. got over the ball and, and just, gave it away. Uh, the worst example I could think of was when O'Dowd had got won the ball in midfield, got it, took the lad on, went past two of them, and all he had to do was slide the ball a yard to Jack Hunter, yeah. and he slid it four or five feet in front of him and straight out of play. And that was yeah. a typical example of what I call flicky half touches. So instead of getting our foot on it and passing it five yards, we'd get our, get our foot on it and then give it back to them. Um, yeah. Second half, we weren't as bad. Yeah. Um, I, I still think uh, when you've got players like Sar who've got real pace for for championship, I think you've got to be really careful about how far you get up the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Watford had that. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. And Watford had that uh, chance literally on the stroke of half time. Uh, how did you see that one, uh, Mark? When uh, Kafka put it into the side uh, netting, that would have been. Uh, Poor for City had they gone in a goal down, but uh, they had a lucky escape there, didn't they? Yeah, I think the, the free kick was played on the right-hand side and hit hard across the box. And I'm sure Jack Hunt may have got a touch on it, which made the ball rise up quickly to Cathcart. And he was facing the goal and really he should have got the ball on target. But luckily he added it into the side netting. But there were two moments that, that stood out for me in the first half in the... Uh, I think it was in the 15th and 16th minute, going back to Zach Viner. He tackled Keener on the edge of our box 
when I think we uh, lost possession from, uh, we, we, we really fell asleep at one there, froze it, the ball was, he tackled him with his left foot uh, at knee height and he flicked the ball away from him. Then a shot came in from Saar from the edge of the blocks that he blocked wide for a corner and generally today his defending was excellent. And like you yeah. said, he's uh, he's really becoming some player. And again, he, he can bring the ball out of defence. City's problem tonight, like Ian said, we were a victim of our own overplay. We gave the ball away a lot midway inside our own half yeah, and contributed to a lot of Watford attacks. But apart from that chance from Keener at the end, where it fell to in the six-yard box, they didn't really have any clear-cut chances, no. which was good. And we had those corners at the end where you hoped... It might one just might fall for us, and it nearly yeah. did with Tommy Rowe. Yeah, Dave, we were better in the second half. That was quite a low bar to go above it yeah. uh, from that point of view. And uh, early on, Semenyo, that powerful run down the left, and it just uh, went through Dijou's legs rather than him connecting. But it wasn't until we uh, the 79th minute that we forced our first corner. What were your thoughts on the general play in the second half, uh, Dave? It was a, it was a bit better. I think we kind of almost dragged Watford down a little bit to our level. They started giving the ball away a lot earlier in their in their passages of play, whereas they you know they hung on to the ball pretty well first half and, and worked it around. Second half we made them give the ball up a bit earlier. Um, unfortunately we we didn't manage to exploit that by holding on to no. much better ourselves. But on occasions where we got them in transition, we looked really, really dangerous. And we just yeah. didn't quite have that end product. You know, Semenyo probably is cursing himself that he hasn't taken one of those those two chances that he's got. I don't know whether a fan would have been offside if he had knocked the ball in um, yeah. that, that Foster got a save. But I, I thought it was it was a better second half. Yeah. But I think it you know it just showed two two tired teams, I think, in the end. Yeah, you kept uh, texting me saying we're going to score score from a corner. We're going to score from a corner, and I mean we got we had none. A lot of corners last and then season, in uh, the last uh, the last ten minutes, I think we had maybe four or five most definitely. Uh, Hunt, who I thought had a good game, we come on to player ratings later. He forced that first corner, and it was well worked. And Pato brought a good save from uh, Foster. But uh, just before that, um, I everybody knows maybe I'm not. Callum O'Dowd's latest, uh, his, his biggest fan. And 73 minutes, he sort of won the ball and then lost it in the middle. And that created a phase of play, which led with Keener taking it wide or sending it wide. And then he took the cross as it came back in. And what a save that was in from uh, Dan Bentley. As I say, the hand of Bent, not the hand of God. But uh, that was a real chance for the visitors, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he got his hands up just in time because when I saw it again from behind the goal, he, he looked almost shocked at, at saving. I think it arrived on him a bit early, but he managed to get both hands on it to tip it over the bar. But that was a, a poor defensive clearance that led to that. Their player didn't lay the ball back. I think it came off Moore or Viner. Viner. And, and it came, it just yeah. rolled back lovely for him. Um, yeah. and, and I think it, it's. Um, I mean, you don't like to be too too critical of the defence because Watford are a good side, but they're not a good side away. And no. um, they, they've they picked up the vast majority of their points at home and they're a strong side at home. Um, but I, I think we can't really play four at the back or I wouldn't play four at the back um, in, in unless uh, at the moment Callas is available. In, unless... 
you know, you've got to ask why yeah. if you're going to play with three at the back, why why Mariapa uh, didn't play there instead of Tommy Rowe because he is yeah. actually a genuine central defender. But we we don't we've got no idea how fit he is. No, no. I think uh, Holden's, Mark, Holden's you, only sorry, six, sorry, Dave. Go on. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say Holden. I think said on his interview on Friday, it was either Thursday or Friday. It's the first time he's actually met the guy in terms of you know on the training ground. I guess they must have had some kind of way of. Uh, getting the deal done. But yeah, you hadn't actually had him on the training ground face-to-face until Thursday or Friday. So and I think Holden's been very true to his kind of pecking order of players that you've got to oust someone from a shirt. And uh, Moore obviously came in. That was a natural thing. Rowe, I can I can see why he did that. Familiarity with playing in the back three against a, you know, yeah. a, a tough side. I, I can totally see why, why he did it. I think if, if we were two weeks further on, that might be a different decision. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Mariapa's likely to make his make his debut, barring even more injuries, as a right back. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think as, as, I, I don't say. I, yeah, I think he, I don't think he'll replace him to start, but I think you he'll know get, if he'll we get got some to minutes, his, he'll get some minutes at. Uh, at yeah, at, uh, if we could give on, him, um, if, we, if we could yeah. give him twenty minutes at right back, because yeah. I mean, Holden also said he'd done a huge amount of work. Um, a little bit similar to Dave Martin, and I was glad to see him, you know, get a rest tonight. And he came on. You and mean looked... Chris Martin? <laughs> Chris, yeah, Chris Martin. Sorry, but he was. That's going back. Um, he was. Um, I wish we did have Dave Martin. Um, yeah. I, uh, Chris, but I'd I'd like to think that on Saturday, because um, Semenya was hanging at the end. Yeah, um, I'd like to see him once again have a rest, start on the bench. Yeah. He, particularly as it's an early kickoff, and then he can do a great job as an impact player. Definitely. Uh, and and I'd, I'd start Naki Wells as well. So, because I'd actually at Reading, if Callas is fit, I'd go I'd go four four two, and yeah. and play Again, Pato which has worked. I mean, a couple of uh, one incident uh, to to uh, run past all of you, and just before we do that, I mean that those flurry of corners, Rowe almost got one, didn't he? When uh, it was clawed away by Foster and then Taylor Moore, the very last kick of the match was uh, over. But uh, if I come to each of you, I mean, Deeney, after De Silva tried to do that uh, dinky little header, it uh, ended up with Deeney being clattered by Bents. Dave, was that a pen? We saw it from plenty of angles. What were your thoughts on that? 85 no. minutes. No, no pen? No. 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 Bentley gets the, gets the ball, momentum takes him through. If, if you're going to give penalties for that, then yeah. Then you might as well pack up and go home. Man. Yeah. Really, Same it, view it, for you, Mark. No pen, no pen on that. No, one? He, he, div- he diverted the ball with Zand. It was great considering it, it was like going back to Saturday with Derby, wasn't it? Right on the edge of the area, he pushed the ball away well, and yeah, he, he just followed followed through. He couldn't stop. He couldn't stop his momentum uh, taking yeah. Deeney. But De- you see, Deeney tried to walk up and, and smack, you know, elbow him as he went as he went past. I guess you'll concur with that view as well. Ian, no penalty there, even though... Uh, no, definitely not. Bentley yeah. Bentley got a, a clear hand on it. So even if we had VAR, uh, that yeah. wouldn't have been given as a penalty because he, he got there first. It was a clear hand. And, and at the point he gets his hand to it and Deeney comes across, Dan Bentley can't disappear. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I just I forgot to mention our friend, Mr. Stroud, 
um, on Saturday, who I thought was excellent. But yeah. the guy tonight, I was going to really say the ref tonight was pretty reasonable as well, I thought, really. Dean, Dean Whitestone, yeah, very, very good. I thought I'd give him 10 out of 10. I don't think he made a mistake. Mm. Uh, and I think it, it's, it's really helped the refs not having any fans in the ground. Yeah, no, I I'll agree. Tell you I was, I agree I'll, I'll tell you what I was pleased about, and I'm, I'm surprised Ian had mentioned this because he mentioned this in the, in the last podcast. We've now gone three and a half games without conceding a goal. And, you know, City is a, we're not a defensive side, but no. to keep three clean sheets and, and, and go another half a game against Huddersfield without conceding a goal, our defensive shape was much better today considering we played 3 5 2 against, against Norwich. And there were great gaping great gaps there. I yeah. thought today was much better. Watford have only scored four goals on the road. They they played the ball around nicely, but they overplay it, and they didn't really penetrate us. I didn't see them get really get behind us, um, maybe once or twice tonight. So that I thought that was pretty good. Whereas we did get behind them, especially from Semenya. Yeah, no, well, it was, uh, was a much threatening. better, a much better mm. second half. Let's look at match ratings. I'll shout mine out as per, and we do it by the sections of the team. So for me, I gave. Uh, uh, I made him man of the match. Again, that's not a great achievement, but Darren, Dan, but Dan, Darren Bentley, Dan Bentley, I gave him eight. <laughs> anybody mark him? Well, certainly not higher. Seven or six from anybody or agree with that eight on there? I'd, yeah, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say seven. Seven. Dave? Yeah, just just a suggestion. A what? Just a suggestion. Just a suggestion. A <laughs> yeah, go on. Why, why don't you Why don't you go through and give your marks for the whole team, right. and then Dave can, and Mark can, then I can, because right. it's just right. it's just simpler. Okay, all right. No, I'm I'm happy to go. So I gave Bentley. So an I eight. second that. I second that. Yeah, all right. Yeah, what about you, Dave? Yeah, yeah. You know. I, I gave him a six. I I, I didn't. You I gave him a six. Made, all right, we'll do I the rest. Made one, we'll I think do he the made rest. one one save. And yeah, but it was a good save. It was a match save. And it was, save. and he gave an absolute howler of a throw out to, to Hunt as well in the second yeah. half. Yeah, he's he's like, yeah, yeah. All right, back five, my back five, Hunt seven, Viner six, that's maybe a bit harsh, Moore five, Row six to Silver seven. Other than that header, I thought he put in some good runs down the left. Midfield, uh, Pato six, Nag six, O'Dowd a five. Dijon and Semenyo, six. I'm not bothering with the subs. I'll come to Dave next then for his uh, selections. Um, you know, any, yeah, what what are yours on that? I, I gave Jack, Jack Hunt a seven. I gave Zach Viner a seven, but he was a, a seven, a seven plus, I guess. Um, he's my man of the match tonight. Taylor Moore, I gave a six. Tommy Rowe gave a five. He got better as the game wore on, but he had a pretty poor start. Jada Silva got a seven. Mm. Jamie Patterson got a six. Naj got a five. Awful mm. first half. I think he was knackered. I think he got a second wind. Um, I know Dowd a five. Every time he did a good thing, he did a bad thing straight after. And, it yes, just, yes, yeah. and, and, at, and at times when you're in transition, to be transitioned at on after you've been in transition is more dangerous. And, and that cost us a lot of shape. Um, and then Chiju five, Semenyo seven. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. Yeah, maybe I was a bit harsh on Semenya because he was our biggest threat going forward. Ian, your uh, your marks. Yeah, Ben Bentley seven, Hunt seven, uh, Viner seven, Moore six, Tommy Rowe five, De Silva. I would give a seven overall. Uh, Naj six, Pato six, uh, O'Dowd a five. Um, and up front, I give Semenu a seven and uh, Fam a, a five. Okay. And Mark? Um, Bentley, seven. Uh, Hunt, seven. 
uh, Viner would have been seven, would have been eight, but for that that bad clearance uh, to to Keen to Keener, uh, Moore six, Rowe five, O'Dowda five, and I wish he'd just get his head up when he's in transition because he does some great things, but he just yeah. you know yeah. so many rickets is unbelievable. Mm. Naj five, Patterson uh, six, Semenyo six, uh, Zizou six. Yeah, so we're broadly uh, we're broadly uh, in agreement there. There's no real stand. I mean, surprisingly, I think all of you put uh, Rowe as uh, slightly inferior to uh, Taylor Moore. I mean, I don't know about you, but I noticed a few times. Yeah, it wasn't a great game, but we seem to be, and you know, all clubs are playing the same. Okay, we've had a bit of a COVID battle, and you could argue that there's probably seven players out for various reasons that would probably be in that starting lineup, but. The 50-50 balls, Dave, did, do, you, do you think physically we're conditioned? Well, we looked out on our feet and we lost a lot of 50-50 balls, in my view. Did you see it like that? Just a little bounces, you know, when you go in and it and it yeah. breaks. You know, we were just getting muscled off. I, I think there's a few things for that. I think, one, there is an element of physical weakness. I think a lot of it is technique. And I had this debate on the forum um, around Callum O'Dowder. You've got to use your bloody arms. You've got to use your body. You can't yeah. just you can't stand there like you know a a ballerina. No, not a ballerina. Kind of. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I can't think of what it what it is. Almost like a whack a mole comes out. And he stands there, his arms down down by the side. You, you lose your balance, and you need to be able to use that to muscle people out out the way. You also need to you know do it when you're trying to protect the ball. And I, I tell you, the, the the one who's not particularly big who does it really well is Masengo. So it's a technique thing. And yeah. then I think the other thing is anticipation and desire. You know, yeah. if you're on if you're on your toes, you win some of those balls. If you're on your heels, you don't. So I think it's a com- combination of things. And uh, I think you know some of it's to do with the makeup of the players we've got in there. And I think you'd see it very differently if you saw someone like a Joe Williams, for example. But we're, we're making do with the players we've got, and they're, they're working hard. But there's some little bits lacking. Yeah, do you know what's I mean, frustrating? Go on. We we most a lot of the time we 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 reach the ball and you look well you look like we're going to win it but we got no momentum to 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 to, to follow through and, and take the ball away it just keeps coming back. That's so we get an a anticipation in, like, mark. But yeah, exactly, or, or or bravery or both. Yeah, there's no the technique isn't there to to come away with the ball and we lose it in 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 a second contact. Yeah, I mean, Ian, do you you know we've talked about fitness and strength a number of times and it was good uh, slightly moving away from the match itself now it was good that and we were talking about this and then it comes up in the press conference let's have a bit of honesty about players being injured and it's a lot better if they just said nothing or after the international break they've actually come out now and said Walsh and Williams not until the new year now it's like when you order a bloody sofa you know if you go into wherever you buy sofas these days I don't know furniture village and they'll tell you it's 10 weeks but you know it's going to be third you know you know it's not going to be that quick but they don't want to they raise your expectations right they're a lot better saying it's going to be 15 weeks and on week 11 oh your sofa's ready i mean do you think the club have done the right thing this week and just being up front about these injuries now more so than that just just to be clear other other stores are available for sofas but um (laughs) And we're not sponsored by <laughs> we're not sponsored by Furniture Village, but uh, that's, well, that's Cooper's Creso, isn't it? Well, that's that's twice um, that's twice you mentioned him, so perhaps we will be next week. Um, <laughs> I think five thousand downloads. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, 
Sorry, what was the question? The question oh, was, d- d- at least we've been a bit open about injuries, haven't we? This week seems to have been a change of policy, saying, yes, it's going to be yeah, bad, what, we're not going to see it on this side of Christmas. Yeah, what, what you're saying is under-promise and over-deliver, and I totally agree. But I mean, I mean, I, let's be clear on injuries. It's none of my business or anybody else's what's wrong with Liam Walsh and Joe Williams. And honestly, whilst I don't wish either man any harm, I really don't care. What I want to know is when will they be available? Yeah. So if if someone says, like Mourinho was talking about Alderweireld today and said, it's not as bad as we originally thought, he'll be back between two and four weeks. That's okay, that's fine. I don't want to know what's wrong with him because I'm, yeah. I'm not a doctor, I'm, I'm not a physio. And if he's got, you know... a a double strain of the fifth metatarsal, I wouldn't know the difference between that and a broken foot, to be perfectly honest. But no. so, so just tell us that, you know, we, I don't want to see a blood test or anything like that. I just want to know, yes, he'll be back. Now what City have been doing, and I heard Joe Williams himself say, I'll be back for the Barnsley game when he was a summariser on Robin's TV. And he was no, he's, well, he's still out now. And he, if he's out in the new year, now by that time, we'll have played 23 games. Yeah. So if you look at the players, the, the two things that bother me, and I've gone on, I've banged on that, this ad nauseum, but I'll do it again. Is There's two things. Uh, one are the injuries. And the other one is the contracts. And too many players uh, have got both. Uh, yeah. Liam Walsh being the classic example, Nathan Baker, uh, yeah. both Fam. those players are, are yeah, I mean, Fam isn't injured, but yes, the contract situation's there. Yeah. And yeah. people got all excited at the weekend when he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get it done. Well, he's been saying that for eight months. So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, let's stop it and either say, you know, there comes a time when they've got to put the paper in front of me and say, right, mate, are you signing that or not? Yeah. I, I think in, we in are. which case... You know, that, that we're stakeholders in the club. And all I want to know is when can I look forward to seeing our better players playing again? Because, you know, if you look at the players we got out, we won't, we won't this season, and it's an odd thing to say now, we won't this season see our first 11 on the field. This side of Easter. No, you're right. You're right. No, this 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 side of the end of the season because Vyman's out of the season. Oh well, we have. He wouldn't be in my first eleven. I I think. I think. Can I make sorry, Dave? Just interrupt. Tips has made uh, a couple of good points on there. So tips, uh, I've lost them on the uh, feed now, but uh, you have made some good points on there, and uh, do feel free to join us uh, verbally on a a future edition. But sorry, Dave, back to you. Sorry to interrupt. I just. I, I. I think we. We're a bit critical of the club over the injuries. If you if you actually go back and look at what Holden's told us, or what he's then told Gregor in the press conference, then we've been reported in in the press. I think we've been kept pretty well up to date. I was having this argument with one of the guys on the forum today. Mm. We get a standard kind of approach to to an injury. We get you know he's, first of all we get notified he's been injured. Then then it'll be he's in some form of rehab. Then it's he's back on the grass, then it's he's training as part of the group, and then it's he's ready to come back in. And, mm. and I don't think Holden's told us, I don't think he's been forthcoming with some of it, but when he has told us it, he's told us pretty straight. You know, they told us at the start that Walsh had done his quad and it was going to miss the first few weeks of the season. It's dragged on. People have setbacks. Williams, they announced it like two or three days at, 
actually after he got injured, when they named one of the friendly sides that he wasn't in there, they came out and told us then he's going to be out for 12 weeks. Actually, yeah. that timescale came forward a bit. So they did under under promise in that case. And then, of course, he's had a setback. And and, and that's yeah. what happens. And I, I, th- I think we just have to not be so anxious to get updates. I, I wish Gregor would ask some different questions. I wish he'd ask about well, players in the team. I say I think Dean Holden's communication is exemplary. The way he comes across looking at the interviews, I thought the interview with Naj yesterday and him, both of them were very, very good. But you wonder whether, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he's sort of saying, well, you better not say this or you better not say that. But he seems to be coming even more of his own man, which is uh, which is good to see. I mean, Mark, let me come uh, to you. I mean, Watford, uh, they've had 13 managers in the past eight years. And I think Tins yeah. was saying that, you know, they didn't seem to have a game plan or anything. 13 managers in the last eight years, total unsettlement. But they've had five years of those eight in the Prem. They were, it took them eight years to get back after their previous spell. We're still trying after 40 bloody years to get back into the, uh, the top flight. But, uh, you know, Watford, do you think they're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season or or just a bit bang average like a lot of sides? No, I think they, if they can sort out their, their you know, uh, their goal scoring away from home, I mean, they're very good at home, but they've, they've only won one game away from home this season at Derby, 1-0. Yeah. And it's it's just, just creating clear-cut clear, clear chances. I mean, they even, uh, they even had to get a last-ditch equaliser against Wickham. Uh, lost away at Barnsley, which was their last defeat a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I think they'll be in the top six. And go, going back to what uh, Dave said, I mean, I think we can all cut Dean a lot of slack because the situation we're in, he never knows when he's going to lose players with, with COVID, if they've got to be isolated or where they come down with it. Players dropping with injury because the lack of conditioning from a pre-season, an intense pre-season to build up the muscle and build up the fitness for the season just hasn't had that. So he's got players who are playing Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday. And then, of course, on top of that, he's had players like Thomas Callas that have had to play two or three internationals within three days. So, you know, he's, he's had to keep putting, a, maybe making make changes that he, he, he wasn't yeah. aware of. And we're still getting results. And t- t- today we played against probably one of the better, one of the best teams in the division yeah. uh, on paper. And we got a very good result. I mean, I was glad when the game was over, but we might have even snatched it at the end. We are in third place yeah. behind Norwich and, and Bournemouth uh, after 13 games with no, we 17 can't knock sheets. It. Yeah, 17 no, we can't sheets. Knock that. It's, it's brilliant. We well, knock I mean, that. well, hang on. If you talk about commu- if you can talk about communication, then I mean, as soon as Voiman was injured. We he then we were told that's it. He's done his ACL. He's had the op. He's out for the season. The same thing happened with Baker when he injured himself in the preseason friendly against Villa. We were told right, you're not going to see him until Christmas. That's fine. That's all I want to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't think that's happened. And we've been continually promised. We've been promised it on the injuries, and we've been promised it on the contracts. Uh, when Jeff Twentyman interviewed Dean Holden. And they got onto contracts, and he said about Walsh. She said, "Yeah, I think we'll probably do that next week." Well, that was six weeks ago. I heard a thing. Yeah. Then you, maybe you look w- at maybe Walshians in- turn around and think, "Parkinson's emerged for the team. I'm out injured. Might not be such a, a good deal hanging around." And I think things or, change. Or perhaps- football changes really quickly, doesn't it? 
Well, and you could, say the same as well. Dave, you could say the same as there with FAM, because uh, I think somebody's just put on the uh, text feed here, you can look for overseas contract yeah. from Jan 1. But if you're FAM, you're looking at the emergence of Semenyo, because based on sure. energy and physicality, Semenyo, if you're picking a two, he's one of them at the moment to well, start. When we did this call over the summer, before we'd even signed Joe Williams, I had Morella's one of my starting midfielders. He's at Luton now. Yeah, and not playing that regularly, but uh, but there we go. Um, where are we? Um, yeah, look, next up, Saturday lunchtime, Reading. I know you're probably compiling your analysis uh, at the moment. <laughs> I'm looking at the results. Reading, Reading got a draw at Millwall tonight. Uh, Lucas Yao scored again. That was an equalising goal. They were 1-0 down at half-time. They made that storming uh, start, um, which where they are now is at four defeats, I think, and uh, just a seven win. So that draw rested the uh, decline. Any initial thoughts on Reading before we talk through three uh, other topics that uh, have caught my eye uh, today? So yeah. Reading, Dave, anything? Yeah, so they, they, they typically play a a kind of four three three of, of, of sorts or a four five one if you if you look at it that way. They got their two pretty decent centre backs in Liam Moore, who's of course on loan to us, and Michael Morrison, who's who's been around a bit. In midfield, they got a really good kind of fluid midfield three of Alpha Semedo, who was at uh, Forest last season. Um, Andy Rinomoto, I think he might have come from like Pool Tang, but he's a really good young young, young player. Um, and then they've got Josh Lawrence, the lad who was at Shrewsbury last year who played against us in the Cup. And those three have had a really good start to the season. Of course, they've got Zhao up front. Um, and then they've got Ajaria on the left, who's probably one of my favourite players in the Championship, who they signed permanently from Liverpool, having been on loan last year. And then they've got various players playing down the right-hand side. They've got Aluko, or they've got uh, yeah. Yeah, Yaku Maite, who I think is a really yeah, Maite, player. Yeah, so yeah, they've got so, some decent players. So if we yeah. can get... If we can get if we can get a point up there, that would be five points from the three games. That would be great, wouldn't it? And if we ended yeah. up losing four from the three, well, it's not a disaster. Although, was it a week uh, Tuesday night? We got um, who is it? Um, QPR, QPR. Away, yeah. isn't it? They come in thick and fast. All right, let's go through uh, some topics uh, here. Uh, that are, um, the uh, the Hewton bounce, Ian. Um, if he'd had to start with us that he's had with Forest, he'd be getting some pelters by now, wouldn't he? Yes, he would. Um, but by the same token, if <laughs> if Steve Lansdowne hadn't done the Billy Big Shoes um, talk sport interview and just given Dean Olden a job, um, then everybody would have been absolutely relaxed about that. If you just said, well, you know, we've. Uh, we decided that we've got COVID. There's COVID-19. We don't know what that's going to do to football. We've got a strong squad. We're going to strengthen it as um, as much as possible, but don't look us to spend a load of money. And just said that, I think everybody would have been fine. What happened was the same as what happened with Lee Johnson. That all kinds of names were being touted. Before I, I look back at some stuff, before... Lee Johnson took over as manager. People were talking about Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Now, that might have been pie in the sky, but that's what happens when you, it's a little bit like your point about, you know, over uh, under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah. And it, that was the, the point. I don't I don't think too many people said, well, they might have said, why are we going for Dean Holm? But what a lot of people said, well, hang on a minute. 
you told us you're bringing in a bloke to take us to the next level. You've done this global search, and all of a sudden, you've got the bloke that was next door to Lee. Yeah. Did, now, any, yeah. did you, you know, Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Did you catch the Mark Ashton interview before the game tonight on, on Sky? I saw it, Dave, but what did he have to say? I, I didn't catch it all of it. I was busy trying to get things ready for, for the game, but supposedly came out and gave a kind of said, the reason we chose Dean Holden was because he bought into the young players. and I, I don't know what exact words were, but it's almost to the effect that the other people we interviewed didn't buy into playing the youngsters. Uh, and I thought perhaps he should have told. Mm, but, should, perhaps perhaps he should have told us that back in July or whatever. Whether he's well, that's, spinning that, that a little bit now because what's happened, I don't know. But I'm going to go back and yeah. watch it at some point. Sorry, and I interrupted you. No. Yeah. No. I, I think uh, I, I'm fine with Dean Holden as manager, but if let's say that things don't go well in the second half of the season and they decide to move Dean on, um. And that won't happen. Another... That ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen then, in a in, then, in a for the, Well, hang on. Then then they have a, they have another six week search and come up with, you know, one of his assistants at the moment. The whole thing starts to get a little bit tedious and tiresome. And um, you know, I I think you you just need to be, people can stand the truth. It's the same in a business. People can stand the truth. It's when you start um, BSing about what you're going to do and how you're going to yeah. do it and what you're going to invest. And, and then all of a sudden that doesn't come through. Then they start thinking that you're, that you're pulling the wool over their eyes, which in a lot of cases you might not be. It may be that we wanted one of the other managers, but when they, they said to him, well, we've got this academy pathway and all the rest of it, yeah. they went, uh, no, not really. If you want me to get you in the Premier Division, I'm going to need to spend X, Y, Z on the following players. And that, yeah. that might frighten them to death. I don't know, but I'm just thinking. But there's no guarantee, even if you spend that money, you know, that you, you're gonna you're gonna do it. I mean, okay, I, uh, yeah, Brentford I've, I've, went out and f- looks like you know they've been out and signed a good player. In that, is it Ivan Tony? He's banging the goals in for them now, and they're right up there. But then equally, look at Borough. They've won three nil again today. What well, again? They've won three nil against disappointing Derby, and they, they're managed by that old uh, warhorse Warnock, and they haven't got any cash up there so you know it's not always about about the money is it really uh, I'd um, I'd say I, I'd say going back to um, what Ian said I think City City were focused on Chris Hewton and like like Ian said they, they you know he was presented with the project he said that uh, he wanted to perhaps clear a load of players out and bring in more experienced players and gave some names and, I mean, it's quite clear. I mean, it was old Omni shambles, the whole thing. It took us six weeks to find our assistant manager who was right on our doorstep. It's yeah. like said, living as clear as possible at the outset. Dean Alden is our man, like they did with Lee Johnson, who wasn't qualified. You know, said he's always been been our, our first choice, which probably wasn't true or, or not. And that that would have, would have been fine. But it's I think the least, said, he was, I don't think they ever said he was, our, he was our first choice, did it? I yeah. think they said was, when he went through the interview process, he became the best candidate. I think Lee Johnson, Lee jo- they said Lee Johnson was the first choice. No, I didn't say they said that about oh. uh, Dean Holden. Okay. Sorry. Mark. Uh, but no, I think, I think Dean's done a really, uh, he's done a very good job. And I think in the strangest of seasons, I think we got a chance of getting in the playoffs. I think the young players are helped by there being no crowds to date. 
And I think that's it. They want them to better in the team. And I think we've got a really tight unit of players with a better players coming back probably in January to bolster the side. And I think... There's a lot to look... I've seen, there's a lot, there's a lot a, I don't see what we can get in the playoffs. I mean, Dave, do you think with crowds, it depends what tier Bristol's in and, you know, we've got pretty high infections. Do you think it'll be... The first game could be Saturday, December... Is it the 10th or something like that? Is it Millwall? 12th home? against Rotherham's away, isn't it? Is it there? Way okay. So we've got a little bit of time. Do you think, Dave, that we'll have four thousand crowds or two thousand? You know, and will you be itching to go? You know, how I don't know how they're going to decide who does go. But uh, what do you think? Do you think we actually will see crowds now, Ashton Gate, before Christmas? Um, I I don't know what level we're going to be. That's the that's the yeah. problem. Right. Let's, let's, just, let's, here, just, tier three, let's just three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if we are, then. There's a part of me that liked to go. I was, I was chatting to Joe about it the other week, actually, and said, if it was safe, would you want to go? And his kind of view was, yeah, as long as it's safe. I don't know how they're going to yeah. work it out. That's you know another, another discussion. But, you know, certainly the little area we sit, you know, you could be quite nicely socially distanced there. We've got our own toilet yeah. block as well. So, yeah. you know, actually, we're set up for it as long as not too many of them want to go. Yeah. Now, some of you guys have played football at a reasonable level that I never did. The brain was there, but the feet couldn't do it. And this week, we had Darnell Fisher of Preston North End grabbing Callum Patterson of Sheffield Wednesday in a manner not unlike Vinnie Jones did to uh, Paul Gascoigne. I mean, uh, Dave, unless that's your uh, phone that went in the background there, did you ever have anybody grab your uh, cojones during a match? Um, Not that I can recall, no. And if they did, what would you have done? <laughs> I, I think in a, in a kind of provocative thing, the only thing that happened to me on a pitch, someone gobbed at me once, but which is pretty awful. But um, and, but no, I, I never anything like that really. You know. Yeah. And what about you, Ian? Because I think you played in your day, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you might have been the perpetrator of such acts. Not me, Dave. <laughs> Although years you were, ago, you were, I don't that know, height, but... you were that height for. I could have, I could have bitten him. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I mean, when people talk about oh, somebody putting a foot in him, we haven't got the physicality. Who remembers Steve Galliers? He was five foot four and he kick anything. But um, no, I, I the, the worst example I saw of that. I played for the Royal Air Force against the Army, um, and we had four players carried off. Um, there were two lads with broken legs. Uh, one lad did his knee. And one lad got a kick in the family jewellery in a bad one. Yeah. Um, it w- was actually an accident, I'll say that. And um, when they were carrying him off and they took him in the treatment room, the two lads who had a broken leg said, no, 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 mate, you can go and look after him first. Because <laughs> he was absolutely rolling around the stretcher in agony, this lad that got carried off. But, um, no, I mean, it, it's... It's, it's not a nice thing to do, is it? And, I mean, I think the idea is you do that and then somebody chins you and they get sent off. So I would I would think for that he'd get a re- retrospective six-gamer, assuming that he hadn't, been, he hadn't had a red already this season. Oh, yeah. yeah. 15 bookings yeah. last season. Yeah. What about you, Mark? What about you, Mark? Have you ever had any experiences like that? I guess it's akin to sheep worrying if you're out in a field and you're not playing football. But uh... 
No, I can't can't say I had. And I played. Yeah, I think I played it eye level in my head. I remember the, the gas going. I didn't remember. The, I can't remember the gas going incident. I think I remember the gas going incident in on on uh, in the newspapers after it happened. But I read his autobiography, and Gascoigne made light of it after the game. Said he sent a bunch of flowers into the Wimbledon changing room, and he he got a toilet brush back. His in response. <laughs> Dirty boys, dirty boys. All right, next topic. And uh, somebody said, are we going to discuss it? Of course we are. Uh, it wasn't so long ago that we lost uh, Jack Charlton. Um, Diego Maradona, age 60. That puts things into perspective. I think it was heart and brain, blood clot d- difficulties. Um, played for Barcelona, won two Serie A titles with uh, Napoli. Obviously a star for his country, managing a goal in every uh, three games. Cheat, champ, or chump? Uh, Dave, you first. Your you, your thoughts on uh, Maradona? I think I'd probably still everyone's fun to probably say all three. <laughs> I you know he, yeah my my era gr- growing up, um, fantastic player. Uh, World Cup of eighty six, um, and then ninety. Yeah, you know things happen, don't they? I know he'd have probably never scored. Uh, that was that the one he, he was got... crazy when he ran to the cunt? When he no, ran that, to the that, camera, that was much later. That was, I think, that was that was ninety four in, in the it? states against was against it? Greece. He looked yeah. like he was doing the hacker with a tongue out and everything. Like yeah, that, I recall. But, you know, uh, I, I, over, I think it was, might have been over at Christmas or at lockdown. I watched the uh, the documentary on him, and yeah, just one of those guys who's kind of football was was his life, wasn't it? Really, it's his way out mm. of out of the slums of wherever it was in in Argentina yeah. he was from, and. Yeah, fantastic. Boca Juniors talent. he played but, for, I don't know where that but, but, but is. Like yeah. most most of those ultra talented players, they've normally got one of their other senses missing, haven't they? And, and you know, destructive as as well. Yeah. Would you say would you say that about Ronaldo and Messi? They've got a bit of a screw. No, they're, they're, I mean Messi doesn't like doing his tax returns, does he? But you know, they're you know <laughs> No, they're, they're very different, aren't they? They're, yeah. I guess they're probably looking back more at the kind of you know, players before that era. And whether yeah. that's because they were talented enough, they didn't have to train and keep their, you know, physique yeah. up or whatever. I don't know. I, but yeah, certainly those two are what what yeah. you call model pros, and that's anything that you you wouldn't describe Maradona or George Best or, or anyone no. like that. No, and others like that. Ian, your thoughts on uh, the Argentinian? Yeah, my my thoughts are are three, and and it's difficult to compare people in different generations. My my all time favourite, and I'm going to drop the mic after this, is uh, George Best, because he yeah. was an all-round footballer who, who could play um, any position on the field. He could tackle like a fullback. he could dribble, he could shoot with both feet, he could pass with both feet, he could end the ball like a centre-half. Um, and, but once again, he had his devils, and his, his devil was drink. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I know somebody on here tips us, but, well, it's different generations. And, and that's true because if you look at um, if you, if you look at a lot of players uh, over the years, the ones that haven't had their career cut short by injury or, or God forbid, a, 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 you know, a death, I'm thinking about, the you know, the Busby Babes and Duncan Edwards mm. and players like that, um, then, you know, is it – but he'd – I mean, Maradona definitely would be in my, we'd be in my top six. And I think it's yeah. very difficult. I mean, in there, you'd have George Best, Pele, Messi, Ronaldo, Johan Cruyff. Yeah. Um, Pele. Michel Platini. 
Pele, yeah, I said Pele, yeah, Mi- Michel Platini. I mean, when you look at Pele was playing, and people talk about players, a- players' age. Pele played in the World Cup when he was 16, World Cup final. Yeah, 58, I think um, that was, yeah. 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 So, Mark, your you know, thought, kid, yeah, Mark, your thoughts on Maradona? I think the guy... Like um, like George Best was a, was a flawed genius. I mean, an absolutely superlative player, a very low centre of gravity who, yeah. who could just dribble and, and and dribble. But I think I think the problem uh, with Diego was he played in an era. I mean, not like um, you know Lionel Messi now and, and Cristiano Ronaldo. He was constantly having li- uh, lumps kicked out of him, and he got to remember the time that Anthony Goycochea snapped his ankle uh, when he's playing against uh, Athletic Bilbao for Barcelona in 84, went right through the back of him. And of course, you're going to get constantly compared with Pele along the way, you know, big money signing from Boca for Barcelona. And he was really kicked out of there into Napoli and you get all these distractions and later, you know, his drug abuse and, uh, and, and drink problems obviously weighed heavily on his body and he's died at a very young age. But what a legacy he's left behind um, you know, he, he won that World Cup on, on his own, whatever they say. He had good players around him in 86. Argentina, were, were, they only won a handful of games that year, mostly at the World Cup. They weren't a very good side going into it. And the manager changed to a 3 5 2 uh, with him as playmaker. And, you know, single handedly got in there. Beep, and you beep. compare that with the final in 1990, where he was actually begging the, the Italian press to support Argentina in the final. And they all railed against him. And it was like he was taking on the whole country in that final because they all wanted West Germany to win. A flawed genius, but a a brilliant player. And uh, people should look at the great great parts, like the goal against England, rather than the handball. Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) Talking about Argentina and World Cup, I'm old enough to remember. And I think Ian is, I'm not sure about you, Dave and Mark. But Argentina, 78 with the ticker tape. That was a good final. First, first World Cup that was as a as a kid. That and I, did they I beat? Watched. Did they beat? Was it Italy? Holland. They, Holland. Holland. Three, no, they three, beat one. Holland in, in, in extra yeah. time. Funny enough, that was, it was quite. A close and was that game. was that when um, Ardiles and uh, yeah. what's his name? Ricky and that led to their um, yeah. Ricky Villa. move to um, um, Ricky Villa led to their move. Yeah, I think Villa didn't play. Holland. Our, um, Holland had a chance in in the last minute of normal time. Rud Kroll played like a fifty yard pass and Renton Brink hit the ball from the from the left the, the byline and he couldn't get an angle on it and it just went along the goal line and nobody could put it in and then Argentina sure. scored scored two uh in extra time uh, from Bertoni and Mario Kempes who was probably yeah. one of the players of the tournament I think I thought, top I thought Mario Mario Kempes name was Mario Kempes goal I thought it was double barrel <laughs> <in that World Cup. laughs> talking about balls running along the line we can all remember 1989 that Alan Walsh shot down the uh, East End hitting the post uh, and it spun across and uh, we just uh, just couldn't put that one over. Guys, it's been uh, a good show tonight, I think, without any technical interruptions. Maybe it has been my computer all along because I'm on Erindor's computer at the moment. Uh, a Chrome I, think it was, I think it was a curse, Dave. That wasn't another plug for a particular brand of... Uh, computer by the way but uh, <laughs> I, mean, I can hear everybody and it's been uh, crystal be clear but um we'll be uh, we'll be back on saturday i guess we'll do one after the game yeah so it's 12 i'm gonna, I'm gonna oh. give my apologies now for saturday i can't i can't do saturday so 
Oh, well, if anybody's listening... Who are you going to pass the baton on to, Dave? If anybody's listening, if anybody's listening who wants to join in, then uh, direct message me on OTIB or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to get hold of me. Dave, we've got some good contributors, haven't we, on the the text coming through. We have. It'd be good to to hear their voices when I I hear them. Dave, they'll be be staying in droves. Be list, listed in higher numbers. Ian, and, and a good of good of a couple of you. When you see some of the text coming through, because obviously I'm sort of trying to look at everything, and I miss some good ones. Do feel free in your own comment to pick up on what somebody's saying on there, because we've had a lot of text. We've had 30 people listening live this evening, which is uh, which is really good. Apologies to those who lost us uh, the other uh, the other day. I think what we should uh, do. I think we we've, we've enjoyed. Jack Hunt's getting a lot of positive comment on the on here with the text messages and on the OTIB while we've been talking and uh, you know master of shithousery I think uh, from the team there at the moment but why don't we all think about naming uh, in advance of uh, well you'll be back you'll be back Tuesday I guess Dave but uh, yeah. our city it's, it's, hard it's selected eleven. If select, you will be selected, yeah. yeah. Well, though, if we're going to do what Dean Holden does... Can we, call, know, shirt, can we call him yeah. the shirt? The shirt will go, the shirt will go to whoever, the shirt will go to whoever uh, wants it, really. Do you, remember James, do you remember James Hunt was called Hunt the Shunt? Perhaps that's what we can call Jack Hunt. Well, we could do, but and there's a few other... Uh, I bet you've got a brother, <laughs> but we've all done that joke. Um, guys, have a great evening, what's left of it. Uh, it's... Uh, been a pleasure as always. Thanks for your contribution. Thanks for everybody who's listening to Forever Bristol City podcast. All the best, chaps. Cheers. Yes, yeah, stay safe, night, everyone. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.